Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. I just got back from Austin, Texas. I was there at the same time as South by Southwest. I didn't go to any South by Southwest <laughs> events. I did a lot of drinking with friends. Well, you, I, I saw that Eileen was going to the Ready Player One like area, yeah. and that looked really cool. Yeah, my uh, my wife Eileen was was there uh, for work. She was working South by Southwest, mm-hmm. the film festival particularly. She works for Rotten Tomatoes and Fandango. Uh, so I just kind of came in and crashed in her hotel room and hung out with Diamond Club fans and Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young. It looked like a lot of fun. It was a blast. I ordered hot sauce from Tears of Joy in Austin today. So that was my <laughs> tribute. Look at that. It's kind of like bringing the most painful, delicious part of Austin to your house. Oh, the best part. One of my favorite parts mm-hmm. for sure. Check out, if you guys like hot sauce, Google Tears of Joy Austin. And they have mm-hmm. a Shopify like like a website. And there's some good stuff on there. My personal favorite is the August in Austin uh, like their house blend, it's really, really mm-hmm. good. It's spicy. It's very spicy. It's not a... August in Austin is hot. Yeah, yeah. So it, it lives up to its name. Uh, so, but definitely check that out. Uh, are you drinking anything to to quench the thirst, the I heat drank of Austin? Of, I drank a lot of East Cider cider mm-hmm. uh, when I was in Austin. Mm-hmm. A lot. So I'm having water right now. Uh, and you are on very <laughs> early time too, aren't you? You like yeah, time I was change up early wise. to catch a plane. So I was up at five Austin time, which is three Pacific. Ooh, <laughs> did I ever tell you the time when I was, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I was covering South by Southwest for CNET. Uh, it was my first time there. I was there with Chris mm-hmm. Pavey and, okay. um, we were supposed to fly out pretty early, maybe even the same flight that you came back on or actually, no, you didn't come back to San Francisco. So not the same flight. No. Um, but we, it was a time change. So I was flying back the day that the time change happened. And so I accidentally got up an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up at like three in the morning after going oh to bed gosh. at like, you know, midnight. Three in the morning, central time. Yeah. And yeah. so then uh. I was like, I looked at the clock and my phone time was different. And I was like, I'm up an hour earlier than I need oh, to be. No. <laughs> Lesson learned. Also, time change is stupid. In my yes. opinion. I think we should just go to UTC everywhere. Let's just move to no Arizona. More- no more daylight saving time. No more different time zones. Just yeah. everybody on UTC and you guys get used to it. I think we get would. Get over it, people. <laughs> well, let's jump into the quick burns. Oh, but we didn't mention your homemade bourbon blend. Oh, you're right. Uh, r- roll that back, Jim. Roll that back a little <laughs> bit. You can still use the sound effect. We'll get we'll get to it again. Um, I'm drinking a, yeah, I, I got home. I wanted to just have a little something. Um, so I, I poured some bourbon into a glass. And I actually, I don't think I noticed which one it was. And so then when I went back to the cupboard to put in a little bit more for the show, I didn't know what I did the first time. And I have a lot of bourbon. 
And so <laughs> I just picked another one. So I made a homemade blend. It, it could even be something like there could be whiskey. There could be Japanese whiskey in there. There could oh. be American bourbon in there. Obviously, wow. it has to be American if it's bourbon. So it could be a whiskey blend, not just it a bourbon. It could be blend. a whiskey blend. There is scotch also in the cabinet. I don't think it was oh, scotch. Pretty okay. sure it was not scotch. That's just crazy talk. Um, but it, it, I feel like it was it was a reserve of something. And then was it was, it, it may have been, I knew I was very low on the hibiki. So it wasn't the hibiki. Mm. Um, so, oh, no. Ooh, the second one was was rye, was was uh, bullet rye. Because I have a lot mm. of that. Anyway, this is not important. I'm sorry. Um, but it was, it's fine. It tastes fine. No harm, no foul. All right. Good. We're good on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Let's jump into the quick burns. Again, uh, Michelle uh, passed along that the BBC announced it's picked up a six-part Discworld series. Discworld proper. We know they're doing good omens over at Amazon, but this is Discworld. Uh, Deadline says it goes under the working title The Watch, the production company founded by mm. uh, the mm-hmm. late, great Terry Pratchett. Uh, Narrativia is co-producing along with Simon Allen, who's previously done things like Das Boot and The Musketeers. Uh, in fact, Simon Allen may write uh, this. The Watch is supposedly a procedural. So it's just a crime <laughs> series set in Ankh-Morpok, basically. I will definitely watch that. I am very excited about that. And yeah, we're still yeah. still excited about Good Omens coming out in 2019. That feels so far away. That feels so far away. Yeah. Remember when 2018 felt so far away? Yeah. And now it's March. Now it's halfway through. I know. Well, it's not halfway. But. Well, almost. Shad says, <laughs> uh, Tor.com has a story where Patrick Rothfuss said that the Kingkiller Chronicles are a prologue to another <gasps> set of books. No word on a release date for the end of the prologue, a.k.a. Doors of Stone, which yes. is the third book in the series. Um, what are you doing to us, Mr. Rothfuss, Getting us sir. pumped up. Exactly what he wanted to do, which is get us totally pumped he up. so clever. Not only so clever. for the final book, but also for what's yet to come. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Uh, I... W- I uh, have the hubris to pretend that I could see where he would go uh, after the King Killer Chronicles, not even having read uh, the Doors of Stone. Uh, but, but you know, I mean, without giving too much away to those who haven't read the series, you're at a certain main character's point in life, uh, kind of looking back on his previous life. Mm-hmm. So What's next? it makes sense that maybe you could see where he goes from there. And I think there's even... There, there could be a whole, this could be also be an epilogue in a way. I mean, if you think back to going into the story of his parents and like their, their lives. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, not, not to I give guess, Patrick Rothfuss more work. <laughs> than also he needs, write but, a prequel there, series. There is, there's fertile ground there. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that would, that would be really fun. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. And I like that this is also uh oh no, no, that's coming later. Never mind. We have an we have like I feel like we have a lot of Lynn Manuel Miranda like tie-ins <laughs> in this episode already. So I'll 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 that's hold true. my I'll hold, hold, hold my horses. Just a second. Uh let's just mention uh what Mark passed along, the first teaser trailer for Christopher Robin. Not goodbye, Christopher Robin, starring Domhnall Gleason and Margot Robbie. This is Christopher Robin starring Mark Gaddis and Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> You, you and McGregor. Uh, you and McGregor. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Ewan McGregor plays a grown-up Christopher Robin, uh, and you just got to see the the teaser if you're a Winnie the Pooh fan at all. It's it's heartwarming. There's also Mark also passed along a noir tale of Winnie the Pooh told in tweets by Levi Tidar, uh, which is fantastic. And I don't want to spoil that one for you either, except to say it's dark and there's murder because it's Ooh, noir. It's yeah. like a detective noir story. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad. I can't uh, remember what podcast it was, but there was recently a podcast about it was like it's a, a podcast where they answer questions. And I think it's from Gimlet, but I'm forgetting the name of the show. And they did a whole episode about, all right, you have to answer this question first. Okay. Winnie the Pooh. Is he... An old man in a child poo body, or is he a young person with an old man voice? Oh, I've always felt he's a young person with an old man voice. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, but there is an mm-hmm. answer. Okay. And it is in this podcast, which we will include in the show notes when oh. I find it. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So think about that. Tell me Still on that too. a little bit. Is, is mm, Pooh yeah. an old, old man, or is he a young, young bear? I will poo on that. <laughs> poo on that a bit. Don't, don't actually do that. It's... Not very nice. Julie hey, says... Let's get back to Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Julie says, a new eight-part adaptation of his Dark Materials is in the works, according to Deadline, to be directed by Tom Hooper and to star Daphne Keene from Logan as Lyra. Uh, Lin- yeah, Daphne Keene's Lin- the little girl. Yeah. Like the crazy... She's not Wolverine, um, so that's no. <laughs> pretty pretty clear <laughs> who she, she was. Nor is Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been cast as Lee Scoresby. Aha. Okay, so this is going to be a series, not just another movie take uh, on it. Uh, And I like that. I think part of the problem with the movie was trying to accommodate everything you want from those books into a three-hour feature. Mm -hmm. And and, and so making an eight-part series seems like a much better way to go. Is there um, any news about where? Oh, it's going to be on. Looks like BBC One. Okay, so it says here on the in the deadline article, um, Hooper has been keen for some time to oversee the series, which is produced by Jane Tratner and Julie Gardner's Bad Wolf in association with New Line Cinema for BBC One. Um, but he's been trying to make the dates align so we could do that, and also <laughs> apparently a live action adaptation of Cats. <laughs> okay. So with cats? I, Since it's live if action. If it's live action, is it cats? <laughs> I mean, because that would be amazing. Uh but uh, yeah, BBC Worldwide is still negotiating for the international rights. So Apple and Netflix are apparently among the, oh, great. the folks interested. Awesome. That I'm excited about that. A lot of great stuff coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Silvana mentioned the cover reveal at unboundworlds.com for Robert Jackson Bennett's new fantasy series. Uh, it is, wait a minute, what, what's it called? Um, Silvana didn't put that. Foundry Side. Foundry Side is, if you remember, the Divine Cities trilogy was a series set in a world where the gods had been defeated. This is set in a world where industrialized magic has happened. So mm. kind of like powder mage meets divine cities in a way. Like it's a, it's that it's the, it's the powder mage era, 
right? Right. Because it's an industrialized, you know, an early industrialized world, but it's industrializing magic. Yeah, I believe it's coming out in August, and actually I'm receiving an ARC for that very soon. Um, so I'm excited about that. We love Robert I, Jackson I, I'm Bennett. receiving an ARC for that, too. Are you? Just, yeah. She emailed both of us? She, she Yeah, she DM'd me, too. Oh, she DM'd? Oh, so she, we're getting two calls. I see. All right. All right. All right. Well, I guess you pay more attention to the the Twitters, and I pay more attention to the emails, actually. <laughs> I'd actually seen your email and told her, like, you know we don't really do reviews, right? I said the same thing. No, I saw your email, oh. and so I I said, like, I know Veronica said this, but... And she's like, no, it's cool. But I would also like a copy of that book that I will not be <laughs> yeah, reviewing exactly. for the show. Because it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that I will read on a beach somewhere in my own due time. Thank you very Who much. Knows? Maybe we'll make it a pick. Yeah. Not promising anything. Perhaps. You never know. Yeah. And then finally, a Terp Kristen says, Tad Williams has set up a crowdfunding campaign to make merch related to his books and uh, his various series. Perks include a new short story, pins, shirts. They got a lot of great stuff over there. It's over on Indiegogo.com. Um, I got the email for it when it uh, when it kicked up because I'm part of his mailing list. And there's some fun stuff over there. Uh, so if you're a fan of his books, the new stuff that's out around the uh, Memory Sorrow and Thorn series, um, and the the new sorry, that's not actually the name of the of the of the world, um, but that's the original series that got me into Tad Williams. Uh, there's there's some cool stuff, and it's a great a, another interesting cool way to support an author that you might like. Yeah, I like this because a lot of times publishers will do a little bit of merch for a high selling novel, mm-hmm. but it has to really be worth it for them to do it, to license it, uh, which means you have to have huge numbers. So even if you're Tad Williams, who's immensely popular, uh, you wouldn't be able to do as many things as he can do by funding it himself. Here, it's like, hey, if we only have to make, you know, 30 or 100 of something, Mm -hmm. that might not be worth it for a publisher, but it's going to totally be worth it here because we'll be able to get you to fund it. And then well, a lot of times with merch, once you have the template made, it's cheaper to make more if, if they start selling well. Yeah, so all sorts of stuff from the Austin Ard uh, uh, world. Uh, so definitely check that out over on Indiegogo.com. We will, as always, have the link in the show notes. All right, well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. We got some fun tweets over on the tweeters. Uh, this past week, um, Liz Loves Lit uh, put out a call for people who were going to be attending uh, Worldcon Dublin 2019, uh, looking for vaginal fantasy or sword and laser fans. I think they've done meetups in the past at previous Worldcons. So if you are going to be going to Dublin uh, for Worldcon, give Liz underscore loves underscore lit a tweet and meet up and hang out with other sword and laser and VF fans. Very cool. Uh, Silvana, a.k.a. Silvabri <laughs> on Twitter, uh, pointed out the 30th Annual Lambda Literary Award finalists were announced. An interesting list and one is a Sword and Laser Book of the Month. Is, Look at that. is this book, is, is the book we are reading. Mm-hmm. Yes. The very one we're reading the very this one? very month. Yeah, it's, that's super cool. We also had an interesting discussion um, over on Twitter from Cameron, who said there was a great discussion from Kate Moss on Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, uh, and its influence over 200 years. He said it was good to continue reading it after reading it with Sword and Laser in January. And this happened at the Dubai Lit Fest, which I thought was pretty cool. There's some great photos from it as well. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, And then finally, we've got a Goodreads thread about solar punk, 
which has sort of devolved into people <laughs> complaining about words, which is not my favorite thing. Uh, like, I don't think steampunk should be called steampunk because it bothers me. And that's, I don't mean to pick on anyone, particularly, I think it was John who was making that point because he wasn't the only one. This happens. It happens to all of us where we just start getting picky about words. But I thought what was coolest about this thread was the idea of solar punk. Solar punk is sort of environmentally aware, somewhat optimistic science mm-hmm. fiction. So Long Way to a Small Angry Planet is often mentioned as an example, although people were pointing out it's not the best example because it's more of a space opera. Mm-hmm. And there's some hard sci-fi examples of solar punk out there as well. Yeah, apparently We Are Legion, We Are Bob also may fit, according to Trike. Mm. That's one of our finalists in the um, in the March Madness uh, polls, I believe. Also, my husband is reading it right now. It was recommended to him uh, by one of his coworkers, and so he picked it up, and I'm kind of jealous. It sounds really good. Well, it's doing well in the tourney. Yay! All right. Fingers crossed. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, You know what? We didn't plan on this, uh, but before we get into our Book of the Month discussion, should we... We are are recording... Here's the weird thing. We're recording this 45 minutes before the end of the poll. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh so this is slightly dangerous to do. Okay. 3 of of the of the round 2 battles are pretty much done. Uh It would be very surprising and, if there was a major change uh, yeah. at this point. Okay. Oh, it would be almost impossible. Uh the fourth could easily be changed, although people generally don't vote in the last 45 minutes. But it's so close, and it swung since earlier this afternoon. Oh wow! Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say the ones that I'm fairly confident. Uh, we are Legion. We are Bob beating Autonomous one sixty eight to one forty three. Okay. So that's probably that's probably gonna move on. Okay. Uh, Soulless by Gail Carriger beating Shades of Milk and Honey by Mary Robinette Cole one sixty one one thirty nine. Okay, that seems pretty good. Uh, or, or not pretty good, poor Mary Robinette, uh, but pretty solid. And then uh, consider Phlebas, uh, E&M Banks, Beating Orcs and Crake by Margaret Atwood, mm, 174 okay. to 137. So those are pretty wide margins of victory. Uh, what we have here in the other match is The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson versus Theft <laughs> of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan. Wow. At three o'clock this afternoon, it was Michael J. Sullivan 160, Way of Kings 159. Oh my goodness. At <gasps> this point, at 8.15 p.m. Pacific time, it is Way of Kings 162, Michael J. Sullivan 160. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I've been following this for a couple, uh, about an hour and a half now, and there haven't been any votes since seven, maybe hour and 16 And this minutes. won't, by the time this comes out, it'll be done. You'll know, but yeah, by the time we get this published, this will already be settled. So you, you'll be like, what's the tension about? We know who won. Know. But just so you know, super close. I'm really surprised, actually, because everybody's been saying that Way of Kings was like the juggernaut, like too big to yeah. fail, like was probably going to take it. <laughs> Literally. It's a it's thousand It's a really pages. big book. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm impressed. Nice work, Michael J. Sullivan. That's pretty. I'm I'm stoked. I yeah. I don't have a strong horse in that race. Um, all of my, I got, I think I got three out of four right now, for what I voted I on. Been, have you been vo- actually voting? I haven't. Yeah, been voting. you haven't been voting. 
No, because I I know that occasionally we have ties. Oh my <laughs> and god! Look, and this this is one of those situations right, where we well, might. Then we have so it I've on been the holding record. Off. What? Because I, I don't want to do is I don't want to vote and mm-hmm. then have a tie. Yeah. And be like, oh well, I was the deciding vote. <laughs> I didn't so. even think about that, and now I could have been the deciding vote. Well, but that's okay because I didn't vote. If both of us voted, right. it would be bad. Right. If neither of us voted, it would be bad. Okay. So this is this is a good situation. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, consider Phlebas. We'll be taking on We Are Legion, We Are Bob in the Lasers final. Oh, my God. All right. And then probably The Way of Kings is taking on Solus by Gary <gasps> Gail Carragher in the Sword final. Very different books. Yeah. Very yeah. different books. Very different constituencies. <laughs> I love Solus. I did not vote for it, though, because I have read it a couple times. So okay. I was like excited to try something new to try something. Um, new. Yeah. But yeah, that's but I, I love it. I love Gail. And I, I think there's a lot of people who are excited. Well, to I love read ben it. Robin at Cole and Gail. Like, that's a tough choice there. I know. I know. Which I only the only reason I, I had any ability to pick between those two was because one I had read and the other I hadn't. Yeah, no, that's that that makes sense. So. All right, uh, so you're sitting there laughing because you know more than us right now. <laughs> uh, congratulations to all the books that have advanced, and this is so much fun. This, I always love. Thank you this. for doing all the you you and 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 Rob have been doing a lot of legwork on this. So appreciative as always. Kudos, yeah. props. Etc. Rob is the foundation on this. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who did the real hard work gathering all the nominations and crunching the numbers every round. Uh, I just get to play brackets, which is fun for me. So <laughs> it's all, good. all right, let's jump into a little bit of book discussion this month. It's a uh, we're already into the the midway point of of the month for our reading of An Unkindness of Ghosts by River Solomon. So did you did you have anything you wanted to talk about before we we talked about some of the audience feedback? Yeah, no, a couple of the audience feedback threads you picked are, are definitely things I was going to talk about as well. So I'll, I'll hold off on most of what I was going to say. Uh, I do really love the world building in this uh, a lot. I I think the approach of saying, we're only going to show you this vast ship from the char- this one character's perspective, and she's an oppressed character of an oppressed class on the lower decks, just really kind of helps you appreciate the colony ship as you learn the little pieces about it that you get to learn as you go along. Some of them are just not mentioned until later. Some of them are things that, that Astor doesn't even know until, you know, she, she gets to know the surgeon even more. Mm -hmm. So, so this is uh this is really, really great setting, really good world building. Uh, I, I find the character was a little off putting at first, uh, in, in 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 not in a way of like I didn't like her as a character, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that doesn't mean it was written badly or or you think the story's bad, but you're like, oh, this is a character I don't like. Those are good characters too. Not liking a character means it's written well. But she changed for me. Like I learned to understand her through the story, uh, and and became not friends, but but more empathetic uh, to to her worldview and, and, and what she was seeing and why she was the way she was. And I I find that a really good accomplishment in this book, as far as really great character development. Yeah, I really, um, I'm not very far in, I'm only on chapter nine, I believe. Um, though I did pick up the, I started on Kindle and then I've continued on in audible 
and because it is whisper sync ready. And I'm finding I'm really enjoying the Audible version a lot more than the Kindle mm. version. Um, Interesting. The, the the voice actor is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting a much better sense of the world through the voices. And it's I, what kind of is, is, is tickling in the back of my mind while listening to this book and, and reading this book is what is the world, what and when in the world did they originate from? Yeah, I, I, I think it's hmm. or like, how did they get to the point they're at? Yeah, right. Like, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say they're human. <laughs> they are human. Uh, and therefore, they are at some point originated on Earth. But it's really unclear if the colony ship originated on Earth or not. Like, that. that's so... It's almost like uh, Firefly, where they just say, Earth that was, and it's so far in the distance that we're just going to not worry about how we got here. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to get that answer, um, but it yeah, is I something I, don't either. I have been thinking about a lot. Um, and I have not finished the book, so that's not a spoiler yeah. for me to say I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. But I and I, I really liked the introduction to Aster and they they packed a lot in 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 terms of like explanation about the world and, and just in the very like first chapter, I would even say. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of maybe the issues that people may have with the story a little bit later. Um, but I, I wanted to, to start with a thread that Rob started um, about the the blurb. To this book. Uh, and the discussion on the blurb to this book kind of jumped into also a discussion about the cover of the book. And it's kind of funny because it's like, do you actually judge a book by its cover? And so I'll read what Rob said first. He says, so when this was announced, I read part of the blurb here on Goodreads, went meh, and decided to get it from the library because I didn't expect to like it. I ended up putting in my hold way too early, so I finished the book already. I really enjoyed it. I feel like the blurb didn't do a good job of selling this book to me. Without getting to spoilers, the aspect of the story I liked the most didn't really seem to be part of the blurb. After the fact, I looked again at the blurb on Goodreads, and if you click more, it showed a third paragraph. I don't remember reading that. I should also note that the third paragraph was not on the back cover of the paperback I got from the library. That paragraph hinted at the aspect I liked the most. Have you guys read other books where the book ended up being very different than what you expected after reading the blurb? So should we read the the Goodreads? Yeah, do you have yeah, it? I, do. I, was, I, have I was it just up. trying to pull it up. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Odd-mannered, obsessive, withdrawn, Aster has little to offer folks in the way of rebuttal when they call her ogre and freak. She's used to the names. She only wishes there were more truth to them. If she were truly a monster, as they accuse, she'd be powerful enough to tear down the walls around her until nothing remained of her world, save for stories told around the cook fire. Aster lives in the low-deck slums of the HSS Matilda, a space vessel organized much like the Antebellum South. For generations, the Matilda has ferried the last of humanity to a mythical promised land. On its way, the ship's leaders have imposed harsh moral restrictions and deep indignities on dark-skinned sharecroppers like Aster, who they consider to be less than human. Now here's the third paragraph. When the autopsy of Matilda's sovereign reveals a surprising link between his death and her mother's suicide some quarter century before, Aster retraces her mother's footsteps. Embroiled in a grudge with a brutal overseer and sowing the seeds of civil war, Aster learns there may be a way off the ship if she's willing to fight for it. Yeah, this is what this is a tough problem because 
I I want to say like, oh, well, you shouldn't go by this, you know, but that that's unfair. And sometimes uh, blurbs and descriptions are not written by the right people. Uh, who knows who wrote this one? Was it the publisher? Was it someone else? But if you're going to read a book, you're got not much to go on, right? Like <laughs> yeah. if you're, you're going to decide options whether to read there. a book. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the one thing I would say is if you're a devout member of Sword and Laser, uh, hopefully you give every book a try like Rob did. Now, Rob said he wasn't excited about it. He didn't say he didn't read it. Uh, and the whole point of us trying different books and changing the books and alternating from laser to sword is that we want to experience lots of different things and they won't always work, uh, but we're, we're always willing to try. We're not trying to pick the perfect book. We're trying to expand our horizons. Mm-hmm. That said, yeah, man, uh, reading this, I can tell you just from what I've read so far, the whole thing about Aster's personality, that's like the first couple paragraphs, pages of the book. Uh, and you become important. so accustomed to her her style of, of of manner of speaking and way of interacting with people that just becomes normal like very quickly to to the reader. Yeah, and it's not it's this is not what the story is about at all. Mm-hmm. This is background. This is just how you come to understand Aster. Even and then using things like organized like the antebellum South, uh, sharecropper, overseer. Some of those words are used. Some of them are not. Overseer is used. Sharecropper and antebellum certainly are not. They don't understand what the antebellum South is. I feel like those are better left as things you realize as mm-hmm, you're reading. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, this is like a period in our history. And this this is carrying out that section. So I feel like they're trying to target a particular person with that. And by doing that, maybe they miss somebody like Rob, who's like, oh, so it's kind of historical fiction, I guess. Like, yeah. It's like, no, no, it's not. Not at all. And then that, yeah, yeah, I can see why the last paragraph, he'd be like, oh, I should have clicked more because, you know. <laughs> um, I <laughs> love the cover. I mean, people were saying in the thread that the cover also turned them away. I think the no, cover right. is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the cover doesn't tell you much, no. right? It's stars and a face, but uh, it's still good. I think it's beautiful. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's you know, takes all kinds. Everybody has an opinion about what they like and what they don't like. And none of those are wrong, necessarily. It's just, you know, we are attracted to and, and you know, drawn towards different things, depending on all sorts of factors. What you ate for yeah. lunch that day. You know, who knows how, how tired you are when you are at the bookstore. You never know. So I think giving, giving things a chance is, is always a, a good positive idea. Now there are some some serious topics in this book, uh, and that kind of leads us to our, our next thread. Yes, um, this is something that. All right, so I I went into this book knowing nothing. All I knew about this book was from Tom saying generationship. That is all I knew. I knew nothing. I hadn't read the blurb. I didn't listen to, I didn't like read the Patreon post. I didn't do any research on it. I just didn't have time this month for whatever reason. And so I just really just downloaded it and started going. And I, I feel like in hindsight, like I kind of wish I had known a little bit more because this is one of those books that I think necessitates a bit of a trigger warning um, because there are mentions. And, and this is what uh, Robert kicked off his thread about. Um, it's uh, there. There are definitely I don't want to go into too spoilery territory either. 
and uh, Robert kind of well, blocks this off in his thread tricky, as well. That, yeah, well, yeah. I will, I will just say part. that, I mean, yeah. listen, I mean, you heard our discussion about what the themes are of the book and the kind of attitude that is being displayed in the book around, you know, race and, and gender and ideas like that and difficult topics. And there are definitely like discussions about, you know, there's rape is mentioned in the book. There's, you know, physical assault, uh, men against women. Uh, these things do come up. And I definitely like got into a certain part and I was like, eh, like, oh, like, uh, like I, I always feel like very protective of our listenership and, and especially coming from vaginal fantasy where we're like turbo, very careful about letting people know what is going on in the books we read because, you know, people get, it, it can affect people very strongly. And that's totally yeah. understandable. So I, I haven't continued reading. I don't know how if it gets more difficult than there was a, a whipping essentially uh, with a belt. I'll, I'll say that, and that's the most I've gotten so far out of the book. I, I don't know if it gets worse than that. It is not a gratuitous book. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is something that I want to make very clear because just in the little that we've said, some people are like, "Whoa, a whipping, a graphic whipping." I I I don't want to read a torture book. No, it's not like that at it all. It is not a torture book. Uh, it is emotionally difficult, mm-hmm. and it needs to be to be able to tell this kind of story properly and not shrink away and whitewash it. You have to tell it the way she's telling it. What I think River Solomon did very well is hit you in the gut without continually hitting you in the gut, mm-hmm. right? So writing it with enough impact that you have a revulsion, which you should, to this kind of behavior uh, in any setting without rubbing your face in it to where you're like, great, uh, uh, this is not helping anymore. Uh, and and there are going to be other very difficult scenes like that, uh, but they, they are handled in the same way, which is they're going to happen. She is not going to get clinical uh, they are not going to tell you everything about every little situation. They're just going to let you know it happened without, with an unvarnished approach. Yes. Uh, so I get it. If you're a parent and a book has children being killed, you may not want to read it. You may say like that is literarily appropriate and fine. I just don't want to go through that. Uh, and there are people who have survived things too similar to this that may not want to read this. And I get that. That is totally appropriate. But I wouldn't turn away from this book because you think it's too violent uh, or or irresponsible in some way. This is an important type of story. Yes, I agree with you. And you have to tell it this way for it to have the impact that it needs to have. I agree with you 100%. I just don't know how to walk that line. I don't know how to be careful with readers who might have difficulty reading those kinds of things with also wanting them to have the experience of a really well-told story. Well, what I would say is go to this thread that Robert started. Thank you, Robert, for mm-hmm. starting this thread. Uh, and you make the choice to say, you know what? I don't mind if I get spoiled. I hear there's some some trippy stuff in there, and I want to find out what it is before I enter, if, the, if that's a problem for you. Uh, and that's there. I didn't know anything about this, this book or anything in it uh, either. The one thing I would say, though, is you know, we do, and this is why I'm saying like, this is not gratuitous. This is even after reading this book, this is not the kind of book in an adult book club where we're assuming everyone mm-hmm. is of age, uh, where I would say, Ooh, you know what? This might have a lot of violence for you. Like this is 
less violent than many other books we've read. Uh, and and it is less explicit than many other scenes we've read. But it's tough. There's no doubt about Tom, that. Tom, how many times have I told you, stop picking torture porn? <laughs> I'm just like, we've had never. this conversation a lot of times. Let me see. Hold on. Let me count. One, n- zero. You've never told me that. <laughs> well, I've Because to- no joke, I've never picked one. <laughs> You got real, you got real, that you ruined my joke, but that's okay. I know. It's all right. That's all right. Well, for new listeners, Tom has never picked funny. torture porn. Yeah. Uh, and there, and there are people, and the, there are people who are taking this very seriously in this thread. And I, you know, I want them to know like, Hey, no, we get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, that's it. That's all. I feel like I've had this conversation before and I always have a really hard time because I feel, I do feel, I feel, I feel very protective and yeah, yeah. I want to, I, I want to. <sighs> yeah, it's hard to talk about. Anyhow, ugh, now I don't know how to go on. Do say, do say well, something I, again, funny. Again, 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 I must, I must emphasize for anyone who hasn't read this yet, it's not torture porn. No, oh it's my God, not- no, I'm not saying that. I just feel now I feel like, like, oh, I know I ended on a low note and I don't know how to get out of it. That's <laughs> all. It's not, it has nothing to do with what I, we were just what, talking I, about. I, I, I think what's positive about this book is that it is, I think River Solomon did a fantastic job of, of presenting something that's difficult in a way that that rides the line so that you are not you are shown something important mm-hmm. uh, in a science fiction book. Yeah. You know, and and that's even another level, that's a veil in front of this. This this could be biographical and it would be way harder. Uh so this even gives you a little bit of an entry that you might not have otherwise, and that's a good thing. Well, I mean, someone else in the thread, and I should actually scroll down and, and try to find it. Uh Troy says, you know, that it that it gave him very similar feelings to when we read The Salt Roads. Um, because mm, there were mm-hmm. also some very difficult scenes in that and and some some, you know strong language and, and intense moments. And so, yeah, if you, so maybe you can make that connection. Like it's just, it's difficult topics and it's, it's hard to, hard to swallow sometimes, but it's, it's experiences that people have. We've had, we've had worse descriptions and, or or not worse, more detailed violence described by Joe Abercrombie. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, definitely dude got eaten by a vagina. So that was a thing that happened in this book club. Yeah. So I, I don't think I, I different kind, I, I, I very be, different kind of violence, but yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, almost, almost harder to justify, not, not unjustifiable, but, but harder to justify than this. Like this, I feel like is very justifiable to say, no, we're totally mimicking things that happen a lot. Yeah. No, the uh, violence so, is not justifiable. The discussion of it, including it in the story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's that's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I do hope you enjoyed this book. I, I am really enjoying it and appreciating the work that River Solomon did. Um, my point, I keep getting stuffy really bad and I lose like I can't like. Um, OK, it's gone now. Do you ever get that where you have so many runny noses that like your voice starts to sound different and you can't breathe the right way so sorry if i sounded weird our show is entirely funded by our wonderful patrons so thank you so much to all the folks who back our show and if you want to help support us you can head over to patreon.com sword and laser and hey I wrote him an email this afternoon, but thanks to Nick who bought some stuff on our store today. That was rad. It was just like, I get the emails when people like buy stuff in the store. He bought like a mug. He bought the anthology. And I just thought it was really cool. Like we've got stuff that is ours also for sale. If you want to, if you want to support us that way too. 
Uh, yeah, support us there. Support us by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Oh, the runny nose thing's happening again. I better ah. end the show. You can email us at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. She'll see you later. Bye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.